Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hi, I'm Kyla, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're so glad you could join us. Before we get into the word, Layla, can you open us up in prayer, please? Absolutely. Thank you. Lord, I just thank you for today and for another opportunity to come before you, Lord, to learn more about you, Lord, to become closer and drawn into you, Lord. And I ask that you will touch each and every one of our needs, Lord, and minister to each listener as they need, Lord, and let them hear you, Lord, and see you, God, and their days and everything that they're doing, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our morning Bible study as we continue to study 1 Corinthians. We're in chapter 11 this morning, so with that, can I get a volunteer to read the first 16 verses, please? I will. All right, Charles, go for it, sir. Imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the tradition just as I delivered them to you. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. For that is one and same as if her head were shaved. For if a woman is not covered, let her also be shorn. For it is shameful for a woman to be shorn or shaved, let her be covered. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. For man is not from woman, but woman from man. Nor was man created for the woman, but woman for the man. For this reason the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head, because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man in the Lord. For as woman came from man, even so man also came through woman, but all things are from God. Judge among yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that it, if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. But if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such customs, nor do the churches of God. Well, amen. All right, so as is our custom... I'm going to open up the floor to you guys first to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions you have so we can all learn and grow together. All right? Okay. Okay. Who'd like to begin? I do. Okay, Lil, go for it. Um, what grabbed my attention was when Paul was saying that woman came from man and then man comes through woman, but all things are under God. It just seemed to me that Paul was reminding us that we're all equals here. We're all under God, and we have an equal standing with each other, especially when it comes to marriage. One is not above the other, and the other is not subordinate to one. And it should be a joint um, leadership, if you will, not one pulling and one dragging, or vice versa, whether it's the man or the woman, but it should be in unity and one accord and harmony under God and his leading as you um, walk together. And then on another note, when Paul was talking about... Um, the churches of the Lord, they don't have a custom where they require that 
um, women have their head covered if it was a contentious point and it would bring arguments and disruption to the atmosphere. It reminds me of what we were reading about in chapter 10 where Paul said he's not going to do anything that would purposely um, bring an argument between people because he's trying to bring them into the Lord. So he's not going to put a stumbling block, whether it's in the way of a commandment or a law, and keep people from seeing God because now they have this thing, consciousness sake, that is um, a little bit weak, if you will, and it, it's not where it should be. So he's not going to require that you do such a thing if it causes you to lose sight of what is actually supposed to be going on here. Okay. Thank you, Layla. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? Uh, but if you want to go, you can go. Okay, I have three questions. Okay. We'll start with the first question. That's a good, usually a good number to start with. When Paul says, but does not even nature itself teach you that if man has long hair, it is dishonored to him? My first question is, is Paul basically saying it's when you have long hair for your own purpose because Samson had long hair? Mm. Yes, and let's look at why Samson had long hair. Because he was a Nazarene. Because the and Lord Nazarene. told him not to Nazarite. shave it, and that's where his strength came from. Okay. So what would you say, I promise? Repeat that. Because the Lord told him not to shave it. Oh, okay. There is the difference. We are to be obedient to the Lord. The Lord directed Samson, well, really his parents, who taught him, right? Yes. And if you really look at that part of Judges... His parents asked the Lord twice to ensure that they knew what they were supposed to do to be obedient to the Lord, but also how to raise their child, their son, Samson, that the Lord gave them. All right? Yes. To the fullest an obedience, but out of love, that the Lord had directed them to do. It matters. All right? And there are others that... Uh, as you pointed out, took a, a vow, right? And became a Nazarite, which is they didn't cut their hair for extended periods of time, right? Yes. Okay. And as a vow unto the Lord, right? You can see that same thought process with fasting, right? Although it's slightly different with the, the Nazarite, but as a similar concept, if you will. So, why we're doing something matters. In all things, it should just be out of obedience and love to the Lord. Is the key. Okay? Yes. Okay. All right. What's your next question, sir? The answer's all three of them. Oh. Well, look at that. Praise the Lord. All right. Who else? Or did you have something else you wanted to share? Can go. All right, I promise. Let's hear it, sir. First, I want to be clear on something. Does shorn mean shaved? What is it, sir? Shorn? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. oh. You can cut really short. Okay. The Lord really brought to my attention... The Lord really brought to my attention... Nevertheless, neither, neither is man... Independent from woman and woman independent from man in the Lord. 
So the Lord was showing me that what he brought to my attention is what you guys say most of the time, that when you marry, you become one, like what Mr. Dean said with the construction paper. Okay. When you get married, you end up becoming one person. So the Lord showed me that that's what Paul was talking about. Man and man was independent from woman and woman independent from man. And the Lord was also showing me that. That brings me to the different point in verse 12 where it says, For as woman came from man, even so man also comes through woman, but all things are from God. Oh. The Lord was showing me that I haven't realized it before, but the Lord showed me that he, by doing what he did, he made everybody equal. By making Eve come from Adam she, and Eve give birth to everyone else, she, the Lord made it where they're equal. So they end up being equals and man wasn't higher than woman or woman wasn't higher than man. Uh-huh. But there is a, a difference in responsibility. Absolutely. There's a, yes. a complementary um, positioning, but there's slight differences that make up the whole picture. Right? Do you remember when yes. God looked at Adam and the work that he was tasked with tending and keeping the garden, and he said, it's not good that man should be alone. I'll make a helper comparable to him. And then he put him in a deep sleep, took his rib, and formed woman from that rib. So... We husband and make make sure that you're clear that he's talking about a husband and a wife, not just a man and a random female, you know, like just random people. But these are people that are connected through the covenant of marriage that he's saying man and woman and this, this scriptures. He's not talking about just, oh, you're a male. There you go. You're female. No, um, even though like even as brothers and sisters, you are still equals before God and equally important, but we have different tasks that come with different responsibilities. Yes. And to give you another example, look at Jesus, right? Yes. God created the heavens and the earth and everything they're in, right? Yes. And then what happened? He still came through a woman, right? Yes. Through his mother, Mary, as it were, right? But she was a virgin when she conceived. So the Lord of all the earth came through in flesh, the flesh, right? And then what was his roles and responsibilities? Ultimately to be the sacrificial lamb so that we all can receive salvation, right? To ultimately to break the curse of sin and death for us, to redeem us through his blood. And he also fulfilled his natural responsibilities of that, of the mm-hmm. oldest son. He fulfilled that as well. Uh, all the duties, Jesus did everything that was required of him. Not just what we, we perceive as the biggest part, which is the most important part, the you know, salvation of the world. But in order for him to achieve that fulfillment, he had to do the natural things as well. And part of that was when his father was no longer um, in the earth, take, making provisions and caring for his mother. And you saw that when he was on the cross and he talked to John and said, woman, here's your son, man, here's your mother. And John took her and cared for her, becoming her caretaker. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? No, is it? Anyone else? Well, I just have a question, I guess. Is Paul saying here that women should wear the covering because it's traditional, it was tradition during this time, or that it's considered good before God? So, that's a good question. Because you see him present his case, right? And there's almost a initially a back and forth, right? Where it appears that he's saying men, or yes, women, men should not have long hair. They should not have their heads covered, all right? But that women should, whether that's through some kind of covering or through having long hair, right? Not having their heads, actually, it almost appears, and he does say it, I promise brought this up, that it's shameful to have your head, uh, as a woman, to have their head shaved, right? Yes. But let's look at the core of what he's saying. These are all outward displays of order under Christ, right? Yes. The Lord is the head. God is the head of all, right? And he, he gives and he gives that order and what it should be and how it should be demonstrated. He gives the outwardly because clearly this was something that was dividing the church, right? And when we talked about that in like chapters one and two, there were a lot of divisions among them. So here he is still, or again, we're in chapter eleven now, and he's still addressing issues that are creating divisions, what people should and shouldn't wear. But. Uh, I think he sums it up very clearly in verse 16, right? If anyone seems to be contentious, which means what? They cause fights. Argumentative, right? Just looking for a reason to argue, to fight, to to bicker, to, to create... Um, strife. Strife, exactly. Thank you. He says, we don't have any customs, nor do the churches of God which you can look at that and it goes to what Jesus said. All right? You clean the outside of the cup and give the appearance that is clean, that is washed, that is perfect. But what is the inside? All right? The Lord knows the thoughts and intentions of everyone's heart. So he knows why we do certain things. All of it, everything we do, should be done by one, his leading, and two, out of love. And because of that love, obedience to the Lord. Okay? And the love aspect and obedience to the Lord covers two things, right? The two commandments, two greatest commandments that he says fulfills all the law and the prophets. One, love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, body, soul, and strength. And then to love your neighbor as yourself. If we are doing those things, right, we will be fruitful in the kingdom and people will see Christ through us in and through us anything you want to add to that honey what else what else did us people
also, like Promise mentioned, it is amusing. Not in a haha, that's funny, but look at God sort of way that he made it equal. And oftentimes in Christianity, it was women were subjugated to a man, whether he was your husband or not, just because he was a man, the woman had to sit there and listen to it. But God made it where Eve did get formed from a fashion from a rib bone taken out of Adam, but also men, this humanity came from women. Came through. Came through. Not mm-hmm. created not that they were created, but mm-hmm. that there was that we're equal. We're not independent of one another. Just like women can't have kids on their own. That's they right. still need a male counterpart. And just like men can't populate the world by themselves, they need the female counterpart. Mm-hmm. So it's equal. And it's just, look, it's inspiring, I guess, mm-hmm. to see how God went about that. And, and it's kind of relieving. I'm like, well, the Lord does care about women, and we're not just a second thought. Absolutely. Um, let's go back and look at Genesis. Uh-huh. Just gonna recommend that. You know, it's it's important for us to be mindful of this. After sin came into the world, people are subject now to um, sinful nature, and the sin nature does not reflect Jesus Christ. So let's look at let's look at Genesis chapter one, verse twenty seven. This is after God made the, um, the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the cattle. And in verse 26, he says, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Verse 28, then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and every over everything that moves on the earth. So what did you guys notice about the language there? God it's plural. Them. Exactly. And he specifically listed male and female. So God was not ignorant. God didn't create woman later. We just had a different location. Yes. Okay. So then when you come over um, to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, And the Lord's God said, It is not good that man should be alone or in one being together. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So most people think women, the idea of woman started here. But no, if you look at verse, chapter 1, we are there. Women are there created. He created them, male and female. We just shared one location. The oneness that we had, that we, we re-attain um, when we become married, that oneness, that one flesh, we initially started one flesh, if that makes sense to you. Yes. In, in one body. And then we were separated into two bodies that were to come together. So each body could have its own task. 
in cre- in fulfilling the whole plan of God mm-hmm. that he assigned to man and man and woman. And then let's go over to chapter 3. Oh, well one more one more comment on that, honey. Okay. Chapter on chapter 2 for 21 and 22, verses mm-hmm. 21 and 22. The woman meant for Adam. Right? As you just pointed out, he made men and women on the same day, right? But the woman specifically for Adam was taken from Adam. Right? Yes. So the Lord created men and women. That means plural, not just one. Right? Yes. Okay. But the woman that the Lord had purposed specifically for Adam, he took from Adam. Okay? Yes. So let's, let's recognize that. And that's important because we were, um, when we were talking or you were speaking earlier, Kyla, you said about men needing women to repopulate the earth and propagate and all that good stuff. And the Lord does that. So, but be specific. Though the manner in which it's happening now is not according, all of it is not according to God's plan. And they're like, hey, you're it. Come over here. And then have, have children and reproduce, but it's not been put under the love of Jesus Christ. So that way, that's why there's a whole lot of confusion and misplacement of those children. God had a spouse in mind for Adam, which is whom he brought, which is what you said, sweetheart. Exactly. And he had a husband for Eve. He didn't take her by and pass her by a, a bunch of men and see which one hollered out after her. I'm, I'm just, it's true. She, he did not parade her past a line of fellas and to see who made the loudest cat call and he would be the winner of that woman. Or he didn't send her out loose in the wild to run and then whoever jumped out and captured her, that was her husband. He purposed them. He designed them. <laughs> They're all looking at me like I'm saying something crazy, but that's what the world calls dating. Women parade themselves waiting for the man to jump out and capture her versus going, God, where did you design for my covenant to be? And the men are just going, well, that one looks nice. So let me try that out. And I won't be more explicit with my language, but trying and sampling of different women and the natural means of what God said, be fruitful and multiply happens. But then there's left lack of completion of the love that God had. Meaning the, fam- the family aspect and dynamic is not whole and completed because people are outside of what God asked for them. Okay? Yes. So it's not just any man and any woman. It's the one that God designed to be Specifically for you. and wife. Yes. Okay. So in chapter 3 of Genesis, we see the serpent enter the garden uh, or start talking anyway. And deceives the woman but what do we know from james yeah the lord does not tempt me but man is, te- is drawn away by the own lust of his own heart mm-hmm. each man is tempted when they're drawn away each man or woman is tempted when they are drawn away by their own lust mm-hmm. so and side note eve could have and should have ruled over this temptation she was fully equipped because we learned in was it chapter 10 that you're not tempted above what you're able, but with every, tem- every temptation he provides a way of escape that you may bear under it, meaning that you will be successful and triumph over that temptation. So she was fully capable 
fully equipped, responsible, accountable, and capable of being successful over the enemy's temptation. Okay. So back to what we were talking about. Um, after, let's say, starting in verse 14, after the Lord comes back and, you know, Adam and Eve were naked and they made fig leaves, sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves and they're hiding from the Lord. And so the Lord God said to the serpent, this is verse 14, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. And on your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. You shall, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That's talking about Jesus. Women don't have seed, men do. But Mary received her seed from the Holy Spirit. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree, which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake and toil. You shall eat of it all the days of your life. But thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the herb of the field and the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you dust you shall return. Now back up to the woman. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. That was the curse. Meaning the curse brought her into a lower positioning. Uh-huh. The, the sin nature, once it came in, removed her from the place that she should be in, which is side by side with her husband carrying out the plan and the will of God. So when sin nature came in, also what came in was, <clears throat> excuse me, Lust for power and control. If you look at Nimrod, um, after the flood of Noah, the Tower of Babel, he became an enslaver of mankind. To have control over other people and subjugate them is something that doesn't come from the Lord. Who does God want you to control? Myself. That was a beautiful harmony. (laughs) Myself. It was, exactly. Control yourself. That's who God gave you to have power and dominion over. When he listed out dominion and authority in chapter one, it was over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over cattle and everything that creeps on the earth. Not man have dominion over your wife. Not woman have dominion over your husband. He had given power equally to both to, to have dominion over everything else. They had the same dominions, but different responsibilities. Exactly. Different responsibilities. So when it comes to the dynamic of husband and wife, it's not that the wife is lower than the husband. It's... Because it wouldn't work that way. That would mean she would have to go through her husband to get the command from the Lord. And then how is that someone help? How is that a helper comparable? It's not. It's not comparable. We're supposed to help each other. Oh, go you ahead. can't be a helper if we've got a spoon feed you everything that you need to function in life. Right? Absolutely. How are you helping me? It would be creating more work for me. It would Absolutely. be taking me away. Whether it's time, energy, right, from the responsibilities that I have under the Lord. That's not helping. That would be detrimental. Mm-hmm. So that can't, clearly can't be how the Lord designed it no. or intended for it to be. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so when you look at what God did, so just like this is how the Lord explained it to me to help me understand it because I did grow up in the world where it was... If you were a man, you rule over everything. 
Um, so back coming back over to First Corinthians, um, we should respect each other and walk in the love of God across the board. Period. Huh? We walk and operate in the love of God. Period. And we already know that love does no harm to a neighbor. Who is your first neighbor? Your family, right? Yes. Your husband, your wife, your children. Love does no harm to a neighbor. So when we walk in that love, we fulfill what God asks us to do. As it comes to husband and wife, the husband does have a deeper responsibility, a different responsibility in that he's accountable to the Lord for what he does with his family. And we all are. But the husband, the way he described it to me, the Lord, getting back to that, is that my husband is like the older sibling. Anybody that has children, multiple children, and that is a fam- from a family with multiple children, you know that the oldest sibling carries a lot of weight and responsibility as far as managing the children go and the tasks that are assigned to the children. All of the children are equal. They're all equally loved, equally important, and have their own unique responsibilities, but the older child has a responsibility that carries more weight to it, if you will, that has more accountability in certain regards. Their, their expectation is to look out for the younger siblings, make sure everybody's going the right direction, right? Yes. It's not that the older sibling owns those younger sibling. No, there's a heavenly, <laughs> there is a mother and a father in the natural. Yes, and uh, likewise. And they have not abdicated, abdicated their place, right? right? However, they have still given mm-hmm. a role and a responsibility to the oldest. They have given tasks. You mm-hmm. will do this. And when that, when God spe- speaks, that brings accountability. You will do this. And equipping. You will do this. Right? Yes. So when he tells us that, that gives us all the power we need to do what he asks us to do. So likewise, Jesus didn't go, oh, never mind. I'm not going to be God anymore. Here, here, man, you do it. You do all of it. Of course not. You know, you're all looking at me funny. Of course he didn't do that. But... Other children are responsible to not make it hard for that older sibling to do what mom and dad asked, right? Don't make it hard for them. So likewise, wife, your job is to not make it hard for your husband to follow the Lord. Woman, which was her name in the beginning, we 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 now know as Eve, woman was supposed to support Adam's effort to follow what God said. Not draw him away from it. And I can see flashing through your minds all the instances where a woman has drawn a man away. I'm going to sway his mind. I'm going to take him and make him do what I want. That's not a role, woman, to manipulate, to draw someone away from God. Going to change him, going to fix him, going to... Have the husband God had for you and help support the mission that God has given your family. Okay, and so looking back at 1 Corinthians 11, when he's talking about, excuse me, verses 3 and onward, he's also talking about the dynamic and the role um, within the household. Is Is the man taking a subjugated position, not standing in the authority and the commission that God has given him, but relegating that to his wife to carry it out? That's ungodly. God gave you that role. You know, when I, as a, just as a natural parent, when I give my children an assignment, 
I come back to that same child and I go, what did you do? I inspect, as I inspect the assignment, the assignment, I go, okay, either it's done or it's not. And if it's not done, what happened? And does it ever fly if you go, well, they said, and I told them to do it. Does that ever no. work? No. no. Or well, I, I thought they were going to do it. Mm-mm. No. And what do I always say? I told you. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> or if you told them, why didn't you do it yourself? I tell you, if I told you, then I expect you <coughs> to do it. Doesn't mean nobody can help you, but it means your hand better be the, the first one working on that assignment. And you better stay there until it's done. You better see it through. So God didn't give us the option to relegate our responsibilities. So God wants us to yield to one another in love, not try to dominate one another. And if a woman is dominating her husband, that's outside of the love of God. And it's interesting to notice that God did not take that rib from Adam. He didn't take a bone out of his foot. There are lots of bones in the feet. There's lots of bones. Oh, yes. In the feet. He didn't, Many little ones. He didn't take a bone out of his, his bottom, his backside, his rear end, his rump. He didn't pull a bone out of there. He didn't take a bone off the top of his head. There's bones up there. And God knows how each is divided. But God took a bone out of his side. Which also denotes their place, women's place, side by side, working together. Side by side. And that man should have his own direct, committed relationship with Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. all on his own, all by himself for his own reason and his own purpose, his why he follows God and his own commitment to love the Lord, his God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength and love his neighbor as himself. And likewise, that wife must have her own connection, committed relationship with Jesus Christ, not through her husband because her husband can't sustain her. And husband, likewise, you can't have your relationship through your wife because your wife cannot sustain you. Children, You can't have your relationship through your parents because they can't sustain you. They can care for you. Uh But it wouldn't matter how many times I died for you. It wouldn't mean anything. You would be no better off. It would accomplish nothing. You would still have to come through the way, the truth, and the life, who is Jesus Christ. So back to the the husband and the wife. Having their own connection with the Lord, their own committed relationship, and she serves him from a humble place. Because that's what God requires. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Mm -hmm. So you see all the reasons that we carry ourselves in chaste behavior and gentleness and self-control, that all comes from scripture of how God designs and desires from every human being to act. And when I submit myself to God, other humans get to reap the benefit from it. My gentleness, my self-control, my meekness, my kindness, my loving compassion towards other people comes because I love Jesus Christ, not because I'm less than anyone else. And because I love him and the greater one lives on the inside of me, I can yield myself. That's true strength and power to be able to yield for your neighbor, to humble yourself in love because God respects that. It's not because my husband lords over me and he doesn't yield himself in love because he's afraid of what I'm going to do. And I lord over him. But How would that relationship work or function? It 
It cannot. It's very short term and it's just eye service. There's no true loving compassion to it. There's, there's no, um, substance. Exactly. That marriage, that woman will flee as soon as she gets the chance. That man will flee as soon as he gets the chance. And even if they've been browbeaten into submission, their heart is always on a wing, on a wind flying somewhere else. They just don't have the courage to do it yet. And or waiting for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. But what makes it stand is that I understand that I I submit because I love God. And my husband gets the benefit of it. And, And vice versa. That's right. Not because or likewise. It's it's his manhood that causes me to respect him. Or it's my womanhood that makes me anything. No, it's my Christhood, if that's a word. Haha. <laughs> it's Christ in me because what did what does God say to the Pharisees when they were questioning him about marriage? And who had this woman, all the brothers married her, whose wife is she in heaven? And Jesus was like, You guys don't understand anything. There's neither Male nor female in heaven. There's neither, um, they're not married or given in marriage in heaven. So you missed the whole point. So You're thinking carnally. Exactly. So we know what state we will be in is what God desires. Right? Yes. Okay. And while we're in our natural arena, there is, God placed things in an order so that it would function together. But when I get to heaven... My husband now is my brother in Christ. Jesus said there will be no more authorities except for him. You, not even the sun and the moon, a literal sun and the moon. Those are authorities over what God charged them with to rule over the day and over the night, respectively. But even that will be done away with. So then, since we look not after the flesh, But after the spirit, I understand that my husband is my brother in Christ. (laughs) And I'm his sister in Christ. And the ultimate joy that I can bring to him is to help him fulfill the call of God on his life, to help him in whatever way that I can to ensure that he makes it into the kingdom to get his well done, thou good and faithful servant. I can't do it for him, but I can certainly not make it more complicated. And likewise. (laughs) Thank you. But that that is a team that is working together, right? And, And I love how Paul really, in what he's saying, addresses now. There's a glimpse of what he then discusses in more detail in chapter 12 when he talks about the body working and functioning together and the different roles and gifts and abilities in Christ, of course, that function as one. Right? They don't all look the same. They don't all do the same things. But when they work together, we have the body of Christ working and functioning as the Lord designed it. Mm-hmm. And it also sets the tone, if you will, for what Paul writes to, uh, I believe it's the Galatians, and, and in other places where he also discusses marriage. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it all hinges around the same, I won't even say, I'll say thought, but it's the Lord's thoughts and the Lord's ways. And we need to understand those. We have the mind of Christ. Let's use it to understand the Lord's ways, his thoughts, because they're higher than ours. And then let's apply them to our lives. Amen. Amen. And let the peace of God be within our households as we gladly take his perspective on things. 
Mm-hmm. Amen. Any other questions? No. All right. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Kyla. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God, and we thank you that you that you're the God of the universe and you understand and what you purposed and how everything is supposed to function and that we're not subject to humanity and the curse and the thought process that is associated with it, God. Lord, I thank you for our partners and our listeners' families, God, and that you continue to strengthen and cultivate them, God, that you've given them a strong foundation, God, and I pray for their spouses, God, that they'll come to the knowledge of loving you, God, and that that love will be shed abroad in their relationship, God, and that they'll be closer together as they continue to follow after you, God, and that the family will be made whole. Mm-hmm. Lord, we just thank you for their finances, that you keep them, God, and that you restore them and you multiply them abundantly. And we thank you for their children, God, that you keep them and that you cultivate and all the gifts that you place inside of them, God, and that you educate them to follow you, God. We just thank you for keeping them in this world, God, and that you have a plan for each and every one of them, God. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.